It's a belter. It's 1-0 Tottenham. Welcome back, everybody. We are back. Been gone for a bit because our very own Toby, Tobias, sweet, sweet Tobes, had a major life event. Toby, you care to share? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'm going to allow you this one episode. You can call me daddy as much as you want. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, wife and I um, got a little boy uh, and blessed us uh, on Valentine's Day. So, yeah. So this is officially the uh, Brews, Bottles, and Belters uh, podcast where we talk all things soccer while sipping on one of your local brews and uh, and or Similac, uh, whatever you're interested in <laughs> for formula or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's been – dude, it's been a journey. Like everyone says, like, get sleep when you can, and they're, they weren't lying. Like you really need to just – any time of the day, it doesn't matter, 4 in the afternoon, 10 in the morning, like take a nap, like got to. And uh, yeah, and then everyone else gave me all this advice on stuff and half of it doesn't work or isn't like, I don't know, isn't something that I need to listen to. So it's like, it's just, yeah, it's been never ending. The I've been uh, on uh, parental leave as well for this. And so I have been able to, luckily for me, the boy loves sleeping. Uh, he sleeps, eats and poops. That's about it. Um, and he loves watching football with me. And so yeah, I found myself I the only the only time I've ever felt like a degenerate gambler at like 334 in the morning looking up how to watch the Saudi Pro League. Like I was <laughs> like on on Twitter googling on Twitter like how do I find this like to stream it. Like it's yeah, it's just a uh, football's been good. This is a good week for us to talk. Um yeah, I mean everything Syria, like I bet you don't even know the US women's national national team's playing right now. Against yeah. Colombia, our darlings of the World Cup. So, uh, yeah, it's just uh, a lot going on, man. It's uh, been a whirlwind, and happy we're able to still do this. And yeah, so yeah, we'll appreciate you hopping on. Uh, I know you obviously got a lot going on, but um, some things we missed really quick in our couple of weeks off. Um, Liverpool are Carabao Cup champions. Big performance from the young, <laughs> the young teenage lads stepping up in the midst of a lot of injuries. And uh, boss performance from the captain, Virgil van Dyke. Huge header in the 118th minute. Uh, went into extra time. Really good back and forth match. Um, but yeah, the captain came up clutch to, to give the boys the cup. Yeah, uh, I that's this is one of the things I would like to very much deep dive into. Um, Virgil van Dyke, is this stat true where he's been in, he's had four titles, and in those four titles that he's won, He's been man of the match in each of them. Is does that sound right? Because he was in this Carabao Cup, and I saw it online. I didn't check it, but that man, that 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 would sound right because Champions League was a clean sheet against Tottenham. You know what? I also just realized not to cut this moment off because I will talk about Van Dyke all day. We didn't say what beers we're drinking, so no. Yeah, you you go first, Keegs. And how are you doing, <laughs> by the way? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, well caught up on sleep. Yeah, yeah, you look good. You really do. Um, so I've got a Radicats Hazy IPA. This was once again gifted to me from Jose Flor. Shout out Jose, um, co-worker and buddy of mine, who in his travels tends to, to spoil me with some beers. This one is actually fairly local. It's from um, Carbon 4 Brewing in Madison. So this is one of his favorite breweries. He's based in Madison. Um so yeah, it's a hazy IPA. It's called a hop grenade. 
Um, the can is crazy. It's got a raccoon riding a bicycle, like a BMX bike. Love and that. it's got a bunch of like cool, like eighties looking graphic. Let's give it a go. Let's give it a go. Oh yeah. I see that. That's a tall boy. That looks like a four loco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks like a four loco. Very uh, vibrant colors, purple on green. I'm trying to find alcohol percentage. It's good. It's hoppy, um, but it's fresh, tasty, 6%. Uh, so this is a good pod beer. Very mm-hmm. pod friendly beer. Um, you, I like you this were a lot. On a, is, you were on a 9% tear for a while there. I was, and I had to slow it down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got a nephew now. <laughs> yeah, right. So I, I got to grow up. Um, but no, this is this is really good. Shout out, Jose, as always. What about you, Toby? What are you sipping? Um, I am sipping on. So I was thinking about this. Like, what would be the beer that's going to be stereotypically in my garage? It's usually, you know, the Two Hearted Ale by Bell's. But I went with my other flagship. Uh, you know, kind of like your pops with the uh, Domaine de Page from Two Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, Nevada, Nevada, uh, hazy little thing IPA um 6.87 percent abv i think i've had it on here maybe one other time um love this beer it's like one of my favorite beers it's it's very readily available in central illinois as well like at not just the grocery stores but also at the bars um you can go into like a hole in the wall bar and if they have any sort of craft beer that's not blue moon um it's most likely going to be hazy little thing ipa so so it's an easy drinking beer super good um I think it's actually taken over as the Sierra Nevada's flagship, even over their pale ale. Uh, I really like this IPA. It's good. Beautiful. Um, in During that rundown, I looked up, fact-checked. Virgil van Dyke has been man in the match in three Liverpool, Liverpool um, Cup finals. Mm-hmm. So Carabao Cup, Champions League, and my phone's not loading. So I don't know the other, but I would assume it was probably the Carabao Cup that they won two years ago. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's Rolls Royce center back class right there. Um, he, he was like literally like a splinter with a bunch of boys. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe it. He's old, but he didn't look like it. And he dunked, he had a goal called back. Didn't even matter. It's like, he wanted to just put more salt in the wounds of Chelsea and he did that and he dunked on them in stoppage time, extra time, I should say, and dunked on them and have a highlight real goal that will live with him forever. When you YouTube him and show your kids in 25 years, Virgil van Dyke, which I will do. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was boss. He was boss the entire match and he has been. Um, I mean, this yesterday against uh uh against Forrest, I thought he was really, really solid again, playing with a young core around him. He's. And I've said it a few times this season that he seems to be back to that prime form that we saw a couple years ago when we first signed him. Um, And it it continues to be true. And and he hasn't had as many lapses as as we had seen um, last year when he kind of had a dip in form coming back from injury and everything. I Mm -hmm. think he's been really solid in the leadership quality, too, with the youngsters around him. Yeah, Forrest seemed like a trap game, honestly, uh, especially with them not playing health very good, but they're kind of helter-skelter. Uh, but the other thing that really popped out at me, um, Kanate or whatever his last name is, the center yeah. back, he's been he's been right there with them and allowing Virgil van Dyke to kind of play his style, and then he kind of covers and cl- cleans up everything Virgil isn't. 
And so I think that one, two tandem for them has been awesome this season. Whereas I don't think that's necessarily been there as much at the last year and a half. Yeah. Konate has been brilliant. He's similar to Virgil where he's big body, strong, can, can, mm-hmm. can physically beat you, but he's also pacey and, and not just pacey in a sprint, but quick too. He can, he can make up one or two steps very, very quickly, which is, you know, sometimes a rare um, trait for a center back, you know, either you're, you're big and strong or you're a little bit quicker and scrappier. And I think both of them just have that, that nice mix of the two. And Konata, you can tell is learning and getting more comfortable and settling in as that first choice center back Mm -hmm. alongside Virgil, which is huge. And, and really it's, I I think Liverpool have played really well, obviously kind of a a dodgy KG match yesterday against Forrest, but I think, like you said, Forrest, I thought played well. I thought they had moments. Alanga was brilliant. I thought Hudson Odoi had some moments of pure genius. I, I'm happy uh, he's doing well there too. Him and then yeah. Ross Barkley at, at Luton Town, both yeah. those guys showing up, you know, leaving Chelsea and allowing themselves to get back on track for these smaller clubs. And yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought they were dangerous. I thought Liverpool felt in control most of the match, but um, they there were definitely flashes where it was like we could drop a point, we could drop you know, three points potentially here. Yeah. Um, And what do you know? Darwin Nunez comes in. Yeah, that's, I'll get to him. The the center back pairing of the Carabao Cup, Kanate and Virgil van Dyke looked phenomenal right in front of them, sitting in there. Endo, that dude, that game alone was worth the entire signing of his season, in my opinion. That one game, I'm like, I mean, they're playing 30 extra minutes on top of the 90 and stoppage, and he's still like an engine. And I'm like, dude, how is this guy doing this? Like, you can't, like, physically, that's merely impossible. And like you saw, like, afterwards, like, I still don't know why they have the guys win after the Carabao walk all the way up. Like, and no look, and no look like he needed to be carried up there. Like, seriously, like his legs weren't bending. And, (laughs) And it was nuts. But like, dude, that guy just bossed. And I liked every damn post that like i don't even know like the the this just randos of liverpool were just posting about him left and right and i liked literally everything and to this day i mean right now i'm still getting like shit on with japanese propaganda for their football and then uruguay as well because darwin nunez we've known about him this whole time but i mean he's coming into his own and especially without mosala to kind of shadow him He's taking on that role of being their number one goal scorer to the point where at this point, whatever you get out of Gakpo, great. Because you don't need to rely on him as much anymore because you have Darwin, who's what I have written down. uh, Yeah, he's got 14 goals and 11 assists. And that peach of an assist uh, in the Forest game with from McAllister, like brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all good. I mean, going back to Endo and him bossing that midfield, uh, running against him was Cansado and from Chelsea. And does anyone get more breaks than that dude? Like, I swear to God, he st- stamps on an ankle every game and doesn't even get barely a yellow card for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I I'm curious too with like referees, what goes through their mind w- with a player who is a six, who's all over the pitch like that. And their their role is to be that that defensive mid. I wonder if they get a little bit more leeway. I don't know, um, but yeah, he definitely stamps on some ankles here and there. I don't know if that's yeah. Chelsea tax, 
or if that's uh, due to the fact that the game's there in London. I don't know. But he definitely gets away with a few. How how many guys were Liverpool out that game? Because Ben Chilwell decided to try and fight Connor Bradley, the <laughs> 18-year-old, who, by the way, I think Ben Chilwell after that, I think he's fake tough. Like, I don't think he's true tough. I posted I, something on Twitter. Uh, he posted some picture that said he was like, I don't know, like back home, visiting back home, and he he posted up on a park bench, and his caption was back in the ends. And everyone was commenting like, dude, you're from so-and-so neighborhood, which is like a nicer area. And they're like, you're not you're yeah. not back in the ends, yeah. dude. So I posted yeah, that picture. I was like, Ben Chilwell, after trying to fight a 20-year-old. Uh, Real name <laughs> is Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Um, yeah, I was dying at that shit. I was like, he just won the ball back from you, dude. Like, this isn't this isn't that serious. Um, yeah. But Liverpool had a ton of players out. I mean, obviously, Gagpo's been playing in the nine. Thankfully, Darwin is back, came back. I know we're kind of jumping back and forth between Carabao and Premier League, but just Liverpool um, talk is good. Came back. Yeah, came back um, this past weekend, scored the winner against Forrest. But Gakpo's been up there in that nine. And I, I do think Gakpo will be a good player. I think he'll find his stride at Liverpool, but he's just a step too slow. And I've said this a lot of times. He's just still catching up to the pace of the game in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's one touch behind everything. He's one step behind everything. And I think that Darwin is just 100 miles per hour where he's going to hit a post 15 times. But he's at least taking those chances and getting those shots off. Whereas with Gagpo, it feels like the cross is too late. The shot is too late. I would rather have a guy get the shot off and hit the post. And maybe something happens. Maybe a deflection comes back to a player crashing toward goal rather than just getting the shot off late and it, it just hits a defender and deflects off behind you. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we, we had a lot of youngsters out there starting. Um, midfield was a little bit more seasoned of a group with Endo and McAllister. And I, I love what Endo's do, doing to echo you. I think he's been an amazing pickup. There was some skepticism about his signing. People weren't super familiar with him coming from Bundesliga, but he's been amazing. Um, and he's also allowed McAllister to – settle into his natural position of playing a 10, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started with Gravenberg alongside him in the middle and then Bradley, but we brought a ton of subs on obviously with it being a long game. And three of those guys are 20 years, four of those guys are 20 years old or younger with Bobby Clark, James McConnell, Jaden Dans, and uh, Kwanzaa. Who's, who's dude, actually that, that, that dance is a vibe like he, he is. is he is a dude he <laughs> like, is, man. like it looks like he was born and raised in the alleyways <laughs> of yeah. liverpool yeah he, he might have been honestly <laughs> he's 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 a tough scrappy like nose for goal kind of player where he's he's gonna go in and, and do anything to to score to, to put the goal yeah. in the back to put the ball in the back of the net Excuse so me. so liverpool liverpool pumped chelsea i'm saying pump chelsea but it was a a tough game, but they, they yeah. got, they got over the victory line Sunday, Carabao cup final. Then they play Wednesday FA cup. I forget who they even played. I watched it, but I forget who they played, but that's when that kid showed up and had some goals. If I remember right. And then I don't even know, did he get playing time this weekend at Nottingham? Um, he came in as a sub towards the end of the match and he got a yellow card because he was going balls to the wall uh, for a header. And, Ended up colliding with Cells, uh, Nottingham Forest's goalkeeper. Got a yellow card. People were complaining, trying to say it should have been red. I don't know if it should have been a red, but um, I yeah, I mean, a two, l- two, 
a lot of that going around right now. That yeah. What should be yellow? What should be red? That. Yeah. Two goals against uh, Southampton, though, over the weekend. That's right. Scored in the 73rd and then scored in the 88th. And another young in, Louis Kuma, scored the first one for us again. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the big match where it was like, all right, a lot of players injured. It, speaking of the young ins eat. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of injuries, is Allison out for the season? I don't know how long Allison? he's out. I don't, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know who's going to be back when or anything. How good is your guys' backup, Kelleher, Man. whatever his name is? Because so, I, I, he was very impressive at um, the Carabao. Like, he had at least two good, great A saves. He was impressive in the Carabao. He was impressive in FA, and he was extremely impressive against Forrest. Like I said, Forrest could have had some goals, and he made some really nice saves. Additionally, I mean, the back line was good, but he made some phenomenal saves. Um, but he's, yeah, he's, he's been incredible. Obviously, you can't really replace Alisson. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best goalkeepers in the world, but he's done a damn good job. Yeah. Of it. Uh, Mauricio Pochettino, <laughs> tough look for him at Chelsea, and it gets even further embarrassing because Klopp literally just threw on a bunch of teenagers, like yeah. his arguably not even B squad. Some of it's like making his B squad, like happy to just be on the backside of the bench roster and these guys came in and were cooking and Poch didn't really do that much to try and alleviate and fix it especially in overtime and dude just from a body language standpoint in the Carabao Cup final the going into the lat final 15 minutes of the second uh part of the overtime uh seeing that Chelsea were all like laying down like getting massages and stretching out their hamstrings and stuff and then just seeing Jurgen Klopp just like barking at Liverpool and like rousing the guys like that alone. I'm like, dude, these guys lost. Like they've lost. There's no way you can come back from this. And like Liverpool just outperformed them. But Chelsea goes into midweek. They have an FA Cup game as well um, against Leeds. And Leeds has some like teenager I've never even heard of. Gets his first two goals for the for for the uh, starters and for the top team at Leeds gets his first two goals and they end up getting the victory in like the 90th minute. I want to say the FA yeah. and then they come back, they drop points when they were in the lead and I forget who they even played yesterday, but they end up uh, drawing uh, Brentford. I want to say, yeah. And two, two had to come, they had to come from behind. To yes. Draw. And so with that, like, I mean, I, I know there's the jokes going around that like Chelsea literally cannot fire Poch because they can't afford to because they would have to they would go over the amount of money that they like can spend or whatever uh, to fire him. So like he's got to be on such a hot seat, and you know he doesn't even like it. I, did you see after the Carabao game where he walked and he actually didn't shake Bully's hand? He just walked right past him and shook everyone else's hand. <laughs> The owner, I'm, he he missed I, the owner. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm curious what people think of that guy because it's just like uber rich American comes in. He's like, as soon as he bought the club, he was like pitching ideas for like a Premier League All Star game and shit. As they've already got a crazy schedule. Um, I also I, gave you that pitch a week ago, and I thought it was a great <laughs> pitch, by the way. I mean, it could be cool if their schedule wasn't so inflated, but um, I mean, it, it just, I don't know. I, I just, that guy just screams to me like scumbag billionaire who's in it for the money, which is the majority of owners, frankly. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I'm just curious what, how much respect people well, have for him players and, you know, management as well. 
So I have two questions. Uh, first one is going to kind of intertwine with the next segment of the FA Cup and Chelsea beating that. If Chelsea gets bounced this next FA game, or is Poch, like, no matter what, is he gone after this season? If he's – they don't even end up in the top six and he's lost everything this early on. So the thing with Chelsea right now, so I'm glad you brought up Poch, it's like – what do Chelsea have to play for other than the FA cup? So they've got Leicester. I think they get past the Leicester, which by the way, I mean, that's a, a, a champions or a championship side. Um, but obviously one of the better ones. Yeah. yeah um, with premier league aspirations. of course. Yeah, right. So it's not like, I mean, if they were playing Coventry and got beat by Coventry, I think that would be a little bit more glaring of a loss, but either way, that's, that's, I feel like that's a must win game, but with Poch, I don't even know if it's a must win game because I don't know if they can get rid of him. Like you said, with the financial aspect, but also they're 11th or 12th in the table right now. They're not, they're not like the premier league is too good. They're not going to make this crazy run Mm -hmm. where all of a sudden we're in match week 27 right now, they're not going to end up in the top five or six probably. Um, like they're, they're just not going to. And so I, I'm curious if they wait it out, they just give Poch a really long leash and they say, Hey, we believe in you. You figure out your guys because he's inherited 25 fucking 40 plus million pound players, 40 million to 140 million pound players that he didn't sign majority of them. So I'm curious if they're just going to give him a super long leash and be like, Hey, this season is a wash because I think it is for Chelsea. No matter what happens, I I think it ends up being a wash unless they somehow win the FA cup final, which they're not going to do because Manchester City's still in it. Liverpool's still in it. Newcastle's still in it. Who hasn't been playing great, but had a good result this past weekend. They're getting some players healthy again. And frankly, Wolves is still in it who I think Wolves beat Chelsea too. Yeah. Like I, I think with where Chelsea's at right now, I don't think they're the favorite going into a match against Wolves in the FA Cup. If if they meet Wolves in the FA Cup semifinals, Wolves are, with the season they've had and in some of the quality they've put together, they're going to be fucking gunning for Chelsea. And I think mm-hmm. they, I think they would dominate them. Um, so realistically, I think if you take a step back and you say, what manager are we going to get right now in March? mid to late March, this, these, these matches, FA cup matches will happen March 17th, um, St. Patrick's day. So mid March, what are you going to do? Are you going to sign another manager, have him come in for two months? Maybe he kind of turns things around for like a week or two, which new managers tend to do. It's like, Oh, it's an exciting new thing. Players are going to play hard, trying to earn their spot. Or are you going to let this guy figure out who his people are and hope that next season you come in running? Yeah. Uh, like I, I don't know what the answer is, but that's just kind of where my mindset is. Where I think they just stay with him. I think, I think Poch is there for the rest of the year. I think if he would have been sacked, it would have happened by now. Yeah. And um, the fact that it hasn't makes me think that they stick with him. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't know if they can fire him. <laughs> I, I, I think no matter what, he's deserved to get fired. Yeah. Um, but I also. I don't know who's making all their business decisions, but I would also think that that person has to have some sort of know with all to know that like this roster is 
pretty much just been a bunch of money thrown at a couple players that probably are were overpaid forty percent. You know, yeah. So at least, at least, at least, we're talking about you, Casado. Casado, <laughs> I mean, you can throw Mudrick in there, which I still I, don't, think I totally a... forgot about him. Yes, <laughs> that's that's more than forty percent. Yes, I do think though, like you said, I mean, I've I've given. Poch the leash. I was a huge fan of him at Tottenham. I thought he did an amazing job. Yeah. I thought that he was let go very prematurely. Obviously, you guys are in a good place now with with Ange, but I thought he was let go very prematurely. Um, I was shocked when no one else picked him up for a while, but he was severely outcoached against Liverpool, leaving players in way too late. Um, he made one sub in like the 65th or 66th minute when he brought Cuckoo in. Mm-hmm. And after that, I think it was in Cuckoo. Um, and then after that, I don't think he made another sub until like stoppage of regular time. And then maybe one or two subs in extra time. Whereas Klopp was getting those players on it towards the end of regular time. They got assimilated into the game. And then extra time, it was all Liverpool. Um, and you could tell Chelsea were worn out. They were completely battered. Uh, and it's just like, this is a cup final. You're playing 120 minutes. You've got to get some players off the pitch, especially if you've got that deep of a roster, that many huge, big money players, and you're not going to bring them in while Klopp's bringing on 19-year-olds who have played two or three senior matches. Bring those players on. Uh, let them let them get some minutes in, in in regular time and go into extra time with a touch or two under their feet. So I was I was really surprised by that. That was my first like big doubts with with Poch. I've blamed a lot of it on Chelsea just as a club where they're at right now. Yeah, maybe we'll have to have the Burnett brothers back on and talk about the state of. Uh, they're they're like we're good. <laughs> we're we're good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. know. What else do you want to talk about? Is there anything else? <laughs> I mean, we've well, we've, we've, we've jumped. Yeah, we've really jumped around Liverpool from Prem to FA Cup, Carabao. But um, I mean, if if we want, we could just go right into Prem because I know Chelsea or Chelsea. Jesus, uh, too much Chelsea on the brain right now. Um, Tottenham, nice little come from behind today in the second half. Do you want to get into that three-one win over Palace? My boy, our boy, everybody's boy, Eberechi Ezzi. Yeah with a fucking banger of a free kick. That was um, perfectly set up the way that he, they had like the two guys that kind of moved to, to the side and kind of opened up the wall. And, and yeah, as is just, he's got he that class. ball. He had that ball. So pure. I, I told the wife, I'm like that. He's that's, he got that foul. He's going to take that and he's watch it. He's going to either hit post or he's going to go, it's going to go in. And yeah. there it went. And, I've been so down on Tottenham the last four weeks that I'm like, I don't know if we can come back from this, you know? Like, that's how I honestly felt. I've been very skeptical of them. I don't think they're bringing it like they usually do. You so, forgot that you signed Timo Werner, though. We did sign Timo and... Back post lurking. So, and yeah, he, he did his his patent uh, 1v1 and couldn't finish to save his <laughs> life. Uh, yeah. But, I mean... I don't know. Like he's good. I think he has two assists on the season as well, like in his three or four games. And he was thrown instantly into the starting lineup when he came. Cause we have, we are battered up front. We have like no one. Uh, And we finally got Son and all the, the boys from the AFCON as well. And so we got like our guys back, but it's like, 
I just I I never really liked Timo's game. I think he actually fits our system pretty well, honestly. I do too. I do um, too. but I don't know if he how much he's going to demand in the off season, and I'd much rather have Ebereka Eze. And I just showed you that video afterwards, dude. He's like in love with our U twenty one boys, like our English boys that we got on our team that he's friends with, and then like I don't know, evidently has a thing with Son. Don't know. I'm assuming that they would go to a. Uh, fashion show i'm assuming like in london week <laughs> no seriously i think they did <laughs> so uh so they have that going you know and like son could be like hey dude you want to just come to korea with me real time i get you all the sponsorships all of them <laughs> and so i'm i would love to see that i still think deep down he's gonna go to city like why would God, I, hope God, um, I hope not um but i see that but speaking opposite of timo Werner, i should say opposite side do you know who has equal or more assists than Martin Odegaard, Bruno Fernandez, Morgan Gibbs White, Lucas Paqueta, Jeremy Doku, and Trent Alexander Arnold? Equal to more assists this season. You said opposite side, so I gotta go Brendan Johnson. Yes, that he's is absolutely balling, right. Balling, dude. And he's talking shit like left and right, like making making fun of these. I love him. Like, like he is exactly what we need. Spark plug up top. Uh instantly bring him in 20, 30 minutes and he's producing like assists on a regular basis. I, I love him that I don't know what Joakim Anderson was doing on that yeah. like play that he like got his pocket picked and then just like, didn't, if that's the case outside the 18, you foul the guy like at yeah. that point. Cause if not, you're one V one on the goalie and he made a perfect pass and Timo Werner's arguably if there was one guy who could miss that, it would be Timo Werner, but he didn't, he laid it in. It was a tap in. Uh, Tottenham's 38 straight EPL or 38 straight Premier League games uh, with a goal. Um, so that's pretty good for them. Uh, we don't get shut out. You know, we just don't always win or we don't always uh, <laughs> produce like we should. Uh, but I, as a whole, Tottenham's good. But I'm just I'm still the, I still feel like the jury's out on them being consistent, you know, and I I like their fight and everything, but I don't know why they can't bring that for a full 90 minutes why do you have to wait for halftime adjustments and then come out and fight you know like it's against crystal palace it's against wolves it's against nottingham forest these teams they should be winning from start to finish and it's not always the case and 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 devil's advocate i think there's only two other teams that have had more come from behind victories from them and that's both city and liverpool so it's so it's not just them, you know, the, the best teams in the league are like this as well, giving up goals early, but yeah, I just, I, I wish that they could just somehow get it together right from start to finish and not make me stress out. I was going to say, I mean, do you think that just speaks even more to the parody in the league that we've discussed at length where, where teams are just good and, and even teams that aren't necessarily Super good teams. I mean, Nottingham Forest played Liverpool really tight this past weekend. Nottingham Forest is battling relegation, potentially. But they have players who can be extremely dangerous. And so even the teams that aren't super good in the Premier League, they have quality players who, if they hit you on the counter, those players aren't going to make a mistake or they're unlikely to make a mistake. They will punish you. I feel like it's a very, very, you know, people talk about question whether or not the Premier League is the best league in the world. And I, I think by far it is because I love Serie A. Um, I watch at least a little bit of Bundesliga and La Liga, and there's obviously great quality in both of those leagues. But when you go one through 20, 
I don't think there are players in, you know, 15 through 20 in Serie A, La Liga, Bundesliga that are going to punish you like there are players in 15 through 20 in the Premier League. And for yeah. as an example, Alanga and Hudson Odoi were like making people look silly, making Liverpool defenders look silly this weekend. Granted, mm-hmm. we've got some guys out, but I mean, they, they were putting together some really, really nice pieces of play. And it's like, this is a team that's battling relegation and, and they're, they've got players who are capable of this. We were lucky uh, Gibbs White wasn't totally his best because he's another player who you give him one second of breathing room, two yards of space, he's going to make you pay. And I, I just think that the best teams in the Premier League, like no match is really a safe match. No. I would also say you we referenced both of the teams already, Leicester and Leeds. I bet you could stick those in the Bundesliga and they'd be a top twelve to fifteen team. Like I, I even think they're that good. Um yeah, I I mean I've watched a lot of t- different games and like even La Liga, like I've been watching a lot of Spanish and I never thought I would even say that. Um, which did you see, dude, that the ref called the game before the, yeah. Jude Bellingham scored the goal? Like he blew the whistle with the ball in the air. Yeah, like on a cross. It's wild to think that that even got <sighs> done in 2024. But here we are. Um, but like what I was saying, because that was Real Madrid playing another team that okay. Like I, I, I like to use Wolves because they're arguably a seven to twelve range team. They would they would beat over half. I think they'd even give Sevilla a run for their money. You know, yeah. like over half of, of La Liga. So yeah, the the parody's there, like what you were saying. But I mean, I still think Tottenham just doesn't get off to a good start all the time. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we're also switching one to two guys out in the front. That's not an excuse. And there's been some injuries over the time, but there everyone's back and healthy now. And I, I think we can push for number four. I don't think we can do anything higher than that. And I don't. I mean, I think we deserve four. I, and I would be okay with five actually to end the season for the Prem. Yeah. And the champions, huh? Yeah. uh, I think Villa is better than I ever thought they would, but they've been proving it week in and week out. Villa's looking awesome. Um, Newcastle doesn't really scare me at all. And the other team that I kind of wanted to bring up uh, the Manchester Derby today. United, you know, we're 19 months, I want to say, into Eric Ten Hag's reign. And there's they're exactly how I was kind of describing my opinion on Tottenham recently. They're so wishy-washy. Like you never know what you're gonna get on a week in, week out basis. Rashford has a belter moonshot eight minutes into the game, looks awesome, and then has like two arguably the best two best other chances for the team. Came yeah. like 20 minutes after that, and he whiffed on one of them, and then he couldn't get the ball under under control on another one. And it's like like, dude, you are paid a ton of money and you are so much talent. Yes, you have Kyle Walker chasing after you, but that's your job to like get the ball and dribble. Like not everyone I know is human son where they're going to get the ball. They're going to be able to dribble it and sink it outside the 18, you know, one V one on the goalie. Like I'm not expecting that, but I'm expecting to at least get the ball, get it under control and wait for one of his wingers, like a Granacho to make an overlapping run or something. And I just don't, I don't see it enough. You know, I really don't like when I'm, when I'm hoping for Scott McTominay run for a goal, like that's when, you know, Manchester United has (laughs) problems when he is still their golden boy for goal goal scoring opportunities. 
Yeah, we got a glimpse of uh, 2023 Marcus Rashford form, 2022, 2023 um, with that goal. At times the best player in the world. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the especially the chance right after that, um, a ball comes through to him off the jump, sort of tries to play it off of his head, nod it down to himself mid-stride, and just kind of a lapse in concentration. It, it felt like didn't get the touch right off of his head. Um, which happens, you know, it, it happens to players. But in a match like that against Manchester City, Manchester Derby, like those are the moments where greatness, like the great players finish that. Great players don't have that mm-hmm. lapse in concentration. And I do think Marcus Rashford is capable of being a great player. We've seen him be a great player 2022, 2023. Like you said, he was arguably the best player in the world at that time, or best striker forward player in the world. Um, he, he he showed those glimpses, and that's been missing a little bit. And we got a taste of that with the the belter that he had to open the scoring, and then it, yeah. it was really disappointing. Obviously, as somebody who wants to see lit, uh, City drop points, it was extremely disappointing. But also, just as somebody who likes and admires and respects Rashford, you want to see him convert that chance instead mm-hmm. of botch it. And then he followed it up with another one that he should have at least put on target. Um, so yeah, that that was definitely disappointing. And it's it's been a weird saga for Rashford. And I'm sure that that's mentally taxing as well for uh, still a, a pretty he, young guy with a, the world on his shoulders and the English media breathing down his neck. Um, it's a yeah. lot, but I, I, I would have loved to have seen him convert. Uh, at least so I... I've seen his name pop up with like Victor Osimhen, uh, Rafael Leao, like all the the sexy wingers and forwards uh, for like you know being linked to Paris Saint Germain, and I I want him to stay in the prem. I don't want him to go anywhere else, but I do think a change of scenery would be good for him. Like I don't know if it's the pressures of Manchester United or what, but it's like I don't know. He's like he doesn't fit Ten Hag's system. And he, or he, maybe he does, but he just doesn't, they don't get enough out of him. Like, I wish he, we've seen what he can do when he's producing on a regular basis. He's awesome. Uh, but he just doesn't have it. Like, even his touch didn't look good, you know, and some of that is City's defense, but I, as a whole, I don't think so. Um, is, do you even care about that game? Like, United City. I- I like, care about it, it a ton it, with the table right now. I I, but, I was dying. That's the only time I'll ever cheer for Manchester but, United wholeheartedly. But from a rando who's just wanting to watch a little football, do, um, do you even care about that derby anymore? Does it even matter? Yeah, yeah, I do. As a neutral, yeah. I mean, it's a huge match, and even more so with the spotlight on Rashford. Like you were saying, I, I do think a change of scenery could be good for him, but at the same time, he's a United homegrown guy, and I, I just think that it's – I personally think it's a mental thing right now where he's feeling that pressure. There's a lot on him. And I want to see him as a neutral, as somebody who who loves the sport, as somebody who respects him. I want to see him rise to that, and I want to see him overcome that. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, too. You look back at some of the players he probably watched uh, growing up, or he might even be a little bit too young where he caught the tail end of it. But, you know, you look at – the players who came up through that class of the nineties and like Beckham, you know, the first like celebrity footballer. And it's interesting to see a guy come through the ranks, have a season like he did last season, have interests outside of football that maybe he wants to explore and enjoy and 
balancing like that juggling act of being a human being outside of football while still handling the pressure of being Manchester United's star boy at a time where the club is in turmoil, new ownership potentially coming in, fans are upset. Like that is a lot. That is a lot. And I hope sincerely as a as a neutral, I hope that he juggles that, but he's not yeah. right now. He's but not. From a Manchester United perspective, shouldn't that be their selling pitch though? Is that like we can offer you I mean, it doesn't matter what other team. If you just say Manchester United, that's like saying the Yankees or the Lakers or anything like that. Like that is, they are the creme de creme when it comes to Premier League teams. Like whether they are, they act like it or not, they have that name recognition, brand recognition, and yeah, for what you've been saying with Beckham and everyone else that's gone on, you know, they even were able to rope in Zlatan. You know, like they could get him and. So, like, I think they should dive into that and embrace Marcus Rashford. And, I, yeah, maybe he doesn't get the embracing that he needs and it, like, adds to the stress of whatever. But, yeah, I just think you until he starts playing better, United, without uh, Hoyland being healthy, like, they just don't have a lot to offer. And- yeah, I mean, we talked last episode with Ed, like, the that front three, those those two young guys, Hoyland and, and Garnacho, have bought into that, and you need mm-hmm. Rashford to get back on that. And then the thing is, like, as sexy as the name is and as huge as the history of the club is, you need the players around you to buy into that. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that's kind of weighing into, you know, maybe him losing a little bit of focus where it's like, hey, these other 10 players on the pitch aren't really bought in. So yeah, I'm not. Um, what what did you think of that TikTok beef where uh, Fulham put that TikTok video of Bruno and that like phantom injury? Uh, did you see that? Um, was it when he went down against them and he was? Yes, not. I, 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 I didn't very, see the TikTok though. Not really injured. Well, that's the thing. So Fulham's Fulham's like social media put that on their TikTok page and like with like a satire music to it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like uh Ten Hag actually addressed it and was like, hey, like that's that's not appropriate, you know, that's not professional. And everyone's like, dude, why what's what's not professional about that? Like we're literally showing something that was caught during a game. Like that's whatever, you know. I don't know. Uh, but it <clears throat> kind of got me thinking because we've been we've been on this topic forever, but it comes down to like leadership and playing for the badge you know and when you have to have johnny evans go go out there and play and he in my opinion he was probably their best player at times great against city today great dude he was breaking the lines dribbling from that like left back position i don't yeah i just don't know it's united i love them being where they're at like it's fun it's entertaining but dude being a united supporter like that man it's got to be a rough one it's tough right now yeah very tough and it only gets tougher for them they're in the fa too right yeah, they got Liverpool March seventeenth. Oh, oh. That always oh, feels Lord. like a trap game, though. It always feels like a trap game right now with where we're at currently, um, because it's a ton of history there, and nobody expects United to win that. So yeah. it's you know you got nothing to lose uh, unless you're Eric Ten Hag, then potentially your job. But uh, I don't see him getting sacked after losing to Liverpool if he hasn't been sacked after some of the other results. So no. Do you see Arsenal dropping points tomorrow to Sheffield United? I do not. No, me neither. I wish I did. They look really good right now. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, five of their last five. Um, they're clicking. They look really uh, good. Who would you rather have right now, Saka or Foden? Because oh, Foden, Foden put in one of the performances of the year. I, I'll need to double check. Keeks, you go ahead and answer that question. I'm going to double check. There was some crazy-ass stat for this game today at Manchester City. I love both. Um, as a neutral, I love both. I love watching both of them. Um, ridiculous talent. But I'm going to go Foden simply for the fact that you can put Foden on either side. You can play him at the 10. You can play him as a false nine. I don't know if Saka – Saka might have that in his bag, but Saka has never really had to play there. We've never seen Saka as the 10. We've never seen him in a false nine. We've never really seen him on the left. We've only seen him as a right winger. And he's brilliant mm-hmm. there. But Foden has proof that he can play any Football of those or- spots. And, um, I mean, part of that is the city system too and just the total football – style that pet plays where it's you know john stones could fucking play the right winger if if he needed to you know um but i I just think foden has shown that he can play anywhere so i'll I'll put him above soccer yeah pep pep knows when you're tasting it too like he knows when you got that vibe going like foden did and he just he puts foden in the best chance for him to be the best to the team and he was everything he had a brace today uh crazy stat i wanted to say is possession was 72.9 percent 73% uh, City and 27.1% Manchester United. City had 27 shots. They had as equal amount of shots as Manchester United has percentage of possession. Uh, I don't, I like it was to the point. I'm like, this is like a shooting drill in that first half. Like (laughs) Onana, they weren't great shots, but there were shots. Like Halan missed a sitter and it was just, they was just outclassed. Like I, no other way around it. No other way. So. And I actually thought they played pretty well in the first half as far they as did. they they defended well. Um, you know, City obviously had chances, but United held strong in the back. John Evans, I thought, played really well. Um, and I thought Onana played extremely well in the first half. He had some really good saves. He played the ball out to Bruno that ended up leading to the Rashford goal. He ended up playing another ball uh, shortly after that. That opened things up for them. And that's kind of what you have to try and do against City because United aren't going to break through that press very well or very successfully too often. Um, I did think Casemiro first half looked good um, with with Mainu there. Um, second half, I thought he looked a little bit tired. He made some mistakes. Him and uh, Amrabat kind of collided, which ended up leading to um, I think one the of the second goals. goal. I think the I think the second goal. Yeah. yeah. Second or maybe third. That third. I, it was third. Yeah, it was Holland. It was one yeah. of those two. Um, but I mean, first half, I thought they looked solid. And then it's just, it, it, that match going into halftime, I was like, all right, Pep's going to, Pep's going to go in at halftime. He's going to have the key in his hand and he's going to unlock the match. He's going to mm-hmm. tell them whatever they need to hear. And, and City are going to, you know, walk away with three points. And that's exactly what happened. It's a yep. Taylor's oldest time. Yep, don't start no something. There won't be no something. I'm trying not to cuss anyways, by the way. That's part of being a dad. So that's why I said don't start no something. There won't be no something. So yeah. And Pep Pep's all about it. Uh anything else on Prem? Or what do we got to look forward to? Anything like that? Well, we want to talk about February goal of the month is being voted on right now. And there were some tasty ones. Um Emerson 
Palmieri, the Italian left back, love to see a left back, um, scored a belter against Brentford for the Hammers, left foot outside the box. Fans were screaming shoot before you even received the ball. Um, just lasered one in top right. IU scored a blast against Everton going across the goal. Uh, Darwin Nunez, beautiful chip against Brentford. And those purples, if I remember right. Yes, sir. Um, Jefferson Lerma. Your purple, your purple. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's going down. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> Jefferson Lerma uh, had a belter against Chelsea. Declan Rice had a fucking peach against West Ham. Um, I like that we have on this, on this, we have a couple of goals against former clubs. So Rice against West Ham and then Richarlison Banger versus Everton. Yeah. Neither of them celebrated uh, for the record. Joao Pedro outside of the foot. Nice little outside the foot goal, uh, but part of that was the build up, a little flick, back heel flick from Welbeck to play him through, and then Kabi Mainu, Nutmeg, and Bender against Wolves. What did you have, Toby? Um, if you were to cast a vote today, uh, so I had a one A one B. So my one A, which to answer your question is Darwin. Uh, I thought that goal was phenomenal because um, it, it just wasn't a straight up goal; like it was a almost the entire pitch run like it was a lot uh so i thought that was a great goal um but i did have uh emerson uh from west ham as my belter of the week that was a moonshot of a shot um it was a really good one there's actually a few belters uh that we had this week the brain yeah. was good so what about you yeah emerson was nice that was a very purely struck ball um there's yeah. some belters where it's like i don't know if they meant to hit it quite that way but it came off beautifully so just enjoy it yeah. Um, Emerson, like that was exactly what he meant to do with that ball. And he struck it perfectly. Um, yeah. Darwin, incredible. He was struggling. I think that was the match or maybe two matches after he'd hit the post like four times in a single match, a lot of pressure on him. And you expect him to try and bend one around the keeper. It was a one V one. You expect him to just handle that, how you would see most strikers handle it. And then out of nowhere, he just pulls out this beautiful chip. I thought it was a great goal, but I'm going Kabi Mainu. Um, the buildup receives the ball with his back to goal, turns, nutmegs a wolf's def wolf's defender, and then just bends one in perfectly to the bottom right mm -hmm. corner, going across the goalkeeper. On top of that, just the stakes: first Premier League goal and a, a match winner against Wolves in a big match. Where, like I said earlier, I don't think anyone should feel safe playing against Wolves right now, especially not United. So it was just a huge moment um, for him personally and for the club. Like that, that place just went nuts. Yeah. So for me, um, all of that added into it. I, I think. I think I'm going minor. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Um, uh, you can go on uh, the Premier League. Is it NBC Premier League or is it just the Premier League website? I, and you can I, actually vote on that. Yeah, I think it's through NBC Sports. Yeah. Okay, through NBC Sports. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Good. It's a good one. So, uh, Moving away from the Premier League, MLS kicked off while we were on our hiatus. And um, along with that, so they've played two matches in the season. We can get into that a little bit if we want. But we want to run through some of our favorite and least favorite kits. Yes. Uh, so MLS had the uh, CONCACAF uh, tournament going on. Then they had their regular MLS games. And then evidently they did you see the news where they're 
only like a handful of the MLS teams are doing the uh, USA Cup, which is like, yeah. uh, it's so gross. It's stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah, that's that's my boo for the week. Oh, sorry, dude. I wasn't trying to take your boo from you. but No, that's fine. That's fine. There's not a whole lot to discuss other than, yeah, only a handful are like participating or they're only going to play um, like second string academy players yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, stupid. It's, it's stupid as fuck. Yeah. So anyway. MLS kits came out. All of them have a home and away. Some of them have a variant. Some of them have like, I want to say one variant or two variants. And like, then some of them had their goalie. Like it. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh there's a few dope ones though. Um, my, yeah. I'm gonna give you my four dopest, and with my fourth dopest is Austin FC's Aways, and it's like a minty green on a soft white. It's really clean looking kit. I yeah. uh, really like that one. My third is uh, I love a black all black kit. Uh, Nashville's Away is all black with a little bit of a gray or like a gun stock, uh, kind of dark charcoal gray print on it. Um, love that Seattle love everything Seattle does. Uh, they have like a dark green and baby blue vertical stripe on their, like on like a forest green, like their Seattle green. Um, love that. And then, uh, you can't really see it, but I have the variant hat, uh, for their variant logo, which was the orcas, uh, from Seattle as well. Uh, the in-laws for Christmas actually called, they only sell them at their gift shop on this, on this stadium. And so they actually called and like paid over credit card and had the people <laughs> ship it. So I got this hat. Cause I was like, I loved it. I wanted the green one, but they were out of the green. So it's only this khaki one, but my all time favorite for this year, LA galaxies aways, uh, they're yellow and red on green. And they look like something that you could put on an AFCON team. And they just look dope. They're so crisp, and I love them. So, yeah, those are my yeah. uh, those are my four MLS kits. Um, the only other two things I will say about this Keeks before I let you get into yours is New England Revolution, ugliest combinations of all time for all of their kits are just gross. They're not printed properly. The colors look bad. Like everything doesn't really work for them. Their homes are the closest thing they have to anything that's worth spending money on buying. Um, and then I will say in New York City FC, they look like they just got all of Man City's cast offs. Yeah, like that's literally exactly what they look, what they like. look like. Like just knockoffs that like no one wanted from Man City. So that's how NY City FC got it. So yeah. Those are mine. Uh what do you got, Keys? Pretty nice time. Kid of the week, by the way. Yeah, I uh I there was one of them that I really agree. Oh, so you said AFCON for LA Galaxy away. I like that that trim. It's almost like a Senegal flag, the trim around their neck and their sleeves. I think that's mm. really I think that's cool. I, I like that it's a little bit different. Um, all of I think every kit in the MLS is Adidas. Yeah, all of them are Adidas. Yes. So they're they're kind of similar. They've got three stripes on the shoulder. Um fairly similar like layout overall r- regarding like adidas logo crest sponsor are all pretty much the same um but i i I do like the la galaxy away um that's probably my fourth along with lafc actually um so their home i like a lot kind of similar to venezia uh the all black and then they've got just like the cream or like tan vertical stripes going down it's just a clean 
all black with a little mm-hmm. splash of that that cream in there. Um, and they've also got a third kit that's a very retro look. It's it's like that cream tan. <laughs> Almost it, looks like a, a San Diego Padres jersey. As exactly what I was going to go for. I think yeah. that's what it's going for. It looks awesome. Yeah, it yeah. really does. And it's got it, the old like neon font. I used to use this font a lot back in my amateur graphic design days um, with Los Angeles across the front and with yeah. like brown behind it. Um, yeah, did, it's did, it's clean. Did you see uh, their game they just had in Salt Lake City? Like two nights ago. When it was snowing like crazy. Yeah, and Hugo Lloris is like, why'd I come here? <laughs> <laughs> and it was a shit show of a match, too. There was a bunch of shit housery. There was a bunch of just like stupid little clips that you would see on Twitter yeah. of, of just like people Every- who were either like, yeah, I'm going to watch the MLS religiously now, or people who were like, I'm not going to take this league seriously. Every- you were going to go Every- one way or another with that. Everyone saw Pulisic just baptized Lazio, <laughs> and, and it all went downhill from there with the shit housery in, in America. So that's true. It did catch on like wildfire. Um, <laughs> after that, I got Philadelphia Union. They've got a really nice. Um, it's kind of reminiscent to me of like an Inter Milan jersey with that snake print that they had. So it's it's navy blue with some faded light blue, kind of going out wide. Um, and then like a mosaic pattern going vertically down the middle of the shirt and yeah. a really nice trim on the sleeves, like a light neon blue and cream tan color mixed in for the th- three stripes on the shoulder. I thought it looked really nice. That's one of my favorites for sure. Um, the second one I saw some people kind of shit on for the simplicity, but I sort of liked it. it seemed to get middle of the pack reviews. Um, FC Cincinnati, they're away kit. It's it's like a plain white, but there's a cool pattern of their orange and blue that makes up the sleeve trim. And then I think the blue really pops for the three stripe on the shoulders and then the orange with their sponsor badge and Adidas logo. It's just a clean looking kit. It's nothing special. It's nothing like super unique, but I just think that the colors overall pop. I think orange and in that light blue um like contrast really nicely mm-hmm. so that was one of them and then i thought charlotte fc um i thought they had two nice ones so the home one's really nice white on top and then it fades into a sky blue with like a wavy design as it progresses down toward the waist going into deeper shades of blue um the three black stripes along the shoulder look nice and then i thought the aways were kind of cool too i just like purple in general as a color um so then the purple with a light neon type of blue logo patch and sponsor i i dig personally the 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 white one you were describing with the blue it kind of goes from like light to dark as it goes down uh kind of like a bomb pop color yeah but uh, it kind of it kind of gives me the vibe of like a smoky mountains like if you see the pictures of like the rolling hills and i mean charlotte's kind of close to there so i don't know if that's what they're going for but that is a pretty clean kit now that i'm looking at it yeah yeah, I like it a lot. Um, least favorites. Um, sh- number two on the list. I've, I've only got two that like really stood out to me. I'm not crazy about Chicago Fire. I saw some people who dug it, but they've got such a bright red for their home kit. And it's they're, just they're all ugly. Too loud. Yeah, and I, I, I get that they're the Chicago Fire, but it's just like it looks like a, a, a volunteer firefighter was like, yeah, this would be sick. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it doesn't do it for me. It's too loud. 
it's kind of like a, a plane. You've, you've got the bright red and then just like a plain rectangle across the chest in white with the sponsor Carvana. Um, I just thought it was kind of whack. And then I, I would say the worst, in my opinion, Columbus crew kind of plain. Um, the home is like a bright yellow with a splash of black across the chest where their sponsors display, displayed. Um, people were comparing it to like Charlie Brown's shirt on Twitter, yeah, which I it, thought was hilarious because it literally does look exactly yeah. like that. Um, yeah, it was just terrible. It overall. looks like they allowed a, uh, a Bruiser Dortmund fan to come up with their own like practice kit. And that's what they used for Columbus. Yeah. My passion is yeah. graphic, graphic design type, type Twitter dude. That was just like, yeah, this is, this Love is it. sick. So yeah, so um, that's, uh, that's our I, that's our MLS talk for the season. I, I did I did have like a general comment. A lot of people really rated the Minnesota United home kits. So it's a Target logo in white on the front, and then yeah, I remember that. So Minnesota has the like the turquoise kind of like lighter blue color, um, which I love that color, and I love that with the black and the white. But they've got the like galaxy print as as the majority of the the kit and i don't know mm -hmm. i'm i'm in between on it I, I don't love it or hate it but there's something about it that's kind of making me just not love it it's a little bit maybe too much um i can understand why people like it but i don't know i i just thought it was an interesting one where i was just caught up in between where i was like i really don't know if i like this or not yeah did you see that one any thoughts I I did, and I feel like they could do so much. Like they could do like a topography map of like all the like lakes in Minnesota, or like something with like wow. a loon on it. Like they could do all sorts of dope stuff. Like yeah, I don't know, dude. Just give me give me a Sketchpad Pro, and let me let me go to town. <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with some. I promise you. All right, what else we got? Uh, we're approaching. We're just over an hour. Do we want to just quickly run through Syria? What do we think? Yeah, real quickly. It's been a it's been a week. The only thing I'll say about Syria is that uh, Weston McKenney like dislocated his shoulder, so he's out a few weeks. Um, that's about it because he was he was cooking for Juve, like arguably their best player, uh, setting up all of Vlahovic's goals. And uh, Chiesa is finally getting on the score sheet. He's looking like his true self. Um, yeah. But I think Weston on that right side, opposite of Chiesa, is what was really working for him, allowing Vlahovic to kind of do what he wants in the middle. Whereas today they had to set up with uh, Chiesa and Vlahovic up top, and I don't think it worked out as well for him. Yeah. Yeah, they lost 2-1 uh, to Napoli. Um, really the only like other big, big match I want to point out. Um, well, Milan beat Lazio 1-0 on Friday. That was a you alluded to it earlier with some of the Christian Pulisic, Concacaf shit housery that's been all over the internet. Um, Lazio's easily the 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 best team to stir up in Serie A. You get under their skin and and they're gonna freak out. Um, but Roma has been on a nice on a nice tear lately. They've won four of their last five. Daniele De Rossi seems to have spurred something within them. Um, Pellegrini's been playing well. He scored a goal, Lukaku scored, Dybala scored, Paredes scored um, against Monza. And it just seems like they've, De Rossi's breathed a little bit of life into that team. They're currently in the hunt. They're sit at fifth right now, uh, four points behind Bologna, who is the other team I want to point out. And I've kind of been on that bandwagon um, this year. They had a huge match today against Atalanta. So currently 
four through six is Bologna at 51 points, Roma at 47, and Atalanta at 46. So Atalanta and Bologna walked into the match today with Bologna at 48 points and Atalanta at 46. So this was a huge match. This basically decided who was going to get into that fourth spot. And Bologna really created some separation where they are now five points clear of Atalanta and four points clear of Roma. So a huge weekend for both Roma and Bologna. Um, Bologna actually trailed for the majority of the match. Lookman scored a, a tap in off of a deflection in the 28th. And then in the 57th minute, um, Bologna got a penalty. Joshua Xerxes completed it, uh, converted it. And then four minutes later, Lewis Ferguson scored a great goal from outside of the box. Um, a shot deflected right to him, and he just took it out of the air on the volley and hit it across goal. Thankfully, no defenders in the way, and it got through. Um, but really well struck, and Bologna's just – they're cooking under Malta. Yeah, they're they're not going to win Serie A. Um, no. But if they could get top four, that would be phenomenal. Um, I just actually had to Google it because I didn't know if you'd even know this, but – uh, the last time they'd been in any European tournament was over two decades ago. So this would be huge for them, like absolutely yeah. huge for them. So, yeah, they're definitely not going to win the league. Um, Inter, it would be a massive bottle job if Inter loses it. They're 12 points clear of Juventus who are behind them. Um, so they, Inter is at 69 points right now. Juve at 57 and AC Milan at 56. Mm-hmm. And Inter have a match in hand as well. Um, so it, it feels like it's Inter's to run away with. They've been cut and dry the best team in the league this year. So yeah. it's really just, uh, you know, two through five, two through six, even th- two through seven, where Napoli sit in seventh right now. Uh-huh. Um, you've got Juve up in second with 57 points, and then Napoli down in seventh with 47. So it even, it you know, feels like a, a big ask for Napoli to even get up there, but um, they could at least crack into fourth or fifth where they're, they're, you know. they're turning it on. They've yeah. actually looked pretty decent. Like there was a couple games I watched early in the season where they weren't even like watchable. They were that bad. Yeah. And they're actually starting to look pretty good. So yeah, Kavika started to come on from a little bit. Um, I think Osiman's out of there. I think it's just a, it's a yeah hourglass right now of, you know, when, I, when, when's the season I think over? When can I, I think he's being very professional because I would have been on the middle finger yeah. smear campaign after that, like social media Absolutely. shit that came out. But I, I was I was done for him at that point. So, yep, I uh, was too. Uh, boost cheers. We are, I already talked about my belter, but my boo, I want to sit through this out here real quick. My boo is for Paul Pogba and his four year ban. Love Paulie P. Miss him. He's a bright uh, ray of sunshine. And he's most recently has been in Syria and I think his best days as a footballer were in Syria as well. So uh, the league misses him. Uh, the world misses him. I miss him. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. I got belters and that's it. Uh, two more small cheers for me. Uh, one, Josh Sargent, Norwich, 11 goals in 15 matches. Uh, he's solidified himself as the number, number nine uh, for USMNT. Um, and then my secondary cheer is for our guy, Jesse Lingard. God rest his soul. Uh, he is <laughs> made his first appearance in the K league. So yeah. J-Lings. Love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I saw some video where one of their like managers or trainers or something were like, yeah, I saw you in the press conference and your face looked fat, but you're a lot skinnier than I thought you were going to be. And I don't know <laughs> if that was just like somebody on Twitter, like, falsely translating the conversation but it was funny either way 
But yeah, dude, all the <laughs> best. Hilarious. All the best to Lingard. I mean, he he said, "I just want to play," and he went to the fucking K League, and it's like, yeah, obviously you just want to play. You just want to be out there and play, yeah, and have fans that appreciate you. So, all the best to him. I hope he does well over there. I hope he's happy. And uh, yeah, all the best to Jay Lings, man. All right, Belters, uh, what do you got? got? Oh, uh, minus for Emerson, West Ham. Yeah, yeah uh, that would have been last Monday. So. Yeah, I mean, there were a few to choose from. Um, Rashi, obviously, we discussed. Um, Phil Foden's right Foden, after that. Yeah, Foden had a banger, but I got to give it to Eze. That's uh, just my boy, okay. and that, that ball was just struck so purely. I mean, once he hit the ball, he started his run out to the fans to celebrate. I mean, mm-hmm. as soon as the ball left his feet, he was jogging on to, to celebrate, like – that's just one of those no doubt. That's uh, it, it was it was pure. It was beautiful. Um, I will throw out an honorable mention. Uh, Yohan Wisa bike kick to put Brentford up two one on Chelsea. Chelsea ended up equalizing with a, a late Tassassi yeah. header. But um, yeah, that was a nice goal as well. Yep. No, exactly. So f- follow us on Instagram and Twitter. So Twitter X. Yeah, follow us. Bruce Belters podcast. So. We've been, oh, we've we been popping out content. Yeah, still doing yeah. it. We're still at uh, it. All right, we're back now. Welcome back, Toby. It's been real. Yeah, been Cheers. real, real. So, cool. Cheers. <laughs>